Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So I was in the shower. I was cleaning my ass and making all the all sparkly. Thank you, clean. I'm not the funny one. I'm the pretty one. Cock shots. <laughs> I just checked myself out. music, wine. The glory hole is like a, a like dick theater. I've imagined your pants. Which means your pants had better come off. Mama needs playtime. We're not sluts. We just love love. Hello, hello, hello. This is Angela. And this is Bradford. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of By the By. Yep. Hello. Yes. Uh, so coming up, February 15th. Oh, yeah. We have a pendulum party. We have a thing. Yes. Pendulum. Yes, pendulum party is coming up. So if you want to explore your buy side, have a little bit of fun. If you want to watch, just want to come be yourself and you're in the Sydney area, we'll be at our secret spot. That's right. It's always such a great vibe, such a great night. Looking forward to it. Yeah. It's like a little reprieve on the way to desire. I know. I know. It's so exciting. Since, you know, Life on the Swing Set Takeover was like a week's worth of pendulum parties. Mm-hmm. We have to have them, you know, yeah. once in a while. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we're very much looking forward to this. Mm-hmm. February 15th. Yes. It's a Friday. That's right. Right after Valentine's Day. Right. What better way to celebrate a made-up holiday than by coming to a pendulum party and playing with others? Right. <laughs> Get that up, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I'm trying to be Australian. Dude. That didn't sound very Australian, babe. Yeah, yeah. It's been a long day. So <laughs> the best, that's the best Australian I got. Uh, yeah, so very much looking forward to that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So come on out. Mm-hmm. Hello, people at home. I'm looking at the camera right now. Sorry, microphone people. I now have camera people as well. <laughs> We're in an open relationship, microphone people. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I love it. These are our Patreon supporters out there. I gotta be honest, uh, with the amount of effort and work that goes into putting these videos together, I'm considering just throwing it out there for everybody and then letting people support us on Patreon because they're nice, good people who like yes. to support the arts. And it helps We're us. We're an art. It helps us to keep bringing this to you mm-hmm. and doing the podcast. That's right. Which is, we love it. Yes. But it ain't free. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. So yeah, uh, cool. All right. So how are how are we doing? I'm doing good. Yeah. Are you ready for tonight's topic? No. It's not the most fun, sexiest, whatever of topics, but yes. it's necessary. It's something that we want to keep talking about. It we have like talked we about, it about it before. <laughs> yes. So we did a, an episode previously, number twenty-two. Episode twenty-two, way on, back in the, in the past. Yes, that we talked about STIs. Yes. And we wanted to kind of revisit some of that. We are revisiting STIs, which is never something you want to say. No, but we wanted to have a refresher and just kind of a a new look at things now that some time has gone on. Yes. Yeah. Are you ready? No. (laughs) 
people at home, <laughs> microphone people, camera people, mm-hmm. best threesome ever. <laughs> Are we ready? Ready. I heard it. I, they didn't respond. So we're ready. All right. Fine. Yeah. yeah. Uh, full disclaimer: <sighs> We're not doctors, medical professionals, whatever. No. No. But we speak with confidence, <laughs> so you should listen to us. Right. Right. And we say get tested. Yes. But yeah, all the information that we're going to go over today uh, came from three sources. It came from who? <laughs> I can see it in your eyes. <laughs> <clears throat> I'll speak for the people at home. Who did it come from, Angela? <laughs> who? The World Health Organization. Who? <laughs> the World Health Organization. Is that like a group of owls? Who? <laughs> yeah. Um, came from the CDC for U.S.-based data and then for Australia-based data from New South Wales Health. So all of them have really lovely, concise documents on their websites that kind of just really outline the numbers. I say concise. They're actually quite long. But there's a lot of data there. Verbose, you mean? Verbose. (laughs) Right. Right. But it's the data is there, and it's presented actually in a lot of different ways that can be really fascinating for people who like to read and do research and look at things in different uh, from different perspectives. So, you know, I find it fascinating, but I know most people don't. All I can imagine is Homer <laughs> leaning out of the car, going nerd, <laughs> nerd. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, mm-hmm. I can't stop looking at your cleavage. And every time you pick up that glass, two-handed, which, why? Because um, it's moist on the outside, and I'm afraid I'm going to drop it if I do it one-handed. On <laughs> but you, you, like, push your boobs together just to grab your drink. Well, I can put it between my boobs, and then I need a straw to drink from there, though. Yes, yeah. you do. That's true. <laughs> all right. All right, so all right. Let's, let's dive in. Let's this. jump in. I can't stall anymore. Okay. As much as I want to. So, overall trend... The rates of newly diagnosed STIs, sexually transmissible infections, is increasing everywhere. Well, like worldwide, Australia, U.S., it's going up. Uh, U.S., there was a record high last year of almost 2.3 million new diagnoses. We for, should build a wall. I said last year, 2017, the last year that they have data compiled for. We should build a wall. That'll, that'll a keep wall those, against STIs. Those bad ombre <laughs> STIs out. Yeah. Oh, that's not, I mean, it's kind of funny, but it's not. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry. I'll try to be better. I'm uh-huh. not going to be better. Uh-huh. Uh, so, well, well done, U.S. Yeah, yeah. And record I'm assuming high. The world, it's worldwide that numbers keep going up, right? Yes, that's true. Of course. That's well true. done, world. So, worldwide, there's more than 1 million new diagnoses each day. Um, there are 357 million each year for the four big ones that are reportable chlamydia, gonorrhea, syphilis, and trichomoniasis. <laughs> it's like the four horsemen of the apocalypse. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Yeah. So those. What was the last one? Trichomoniasis. You made that one up. It's a parasite. Ew. Wait. <laughs> Wait. Sorry. I'm sorry. Look, I was okay with sexual risk and getting bacteria, and I was okay with getting viruses. I mean, I'm okay with the risk of getting bacteria and viruses, and I understand that crabs are a parasite. Mm. But you were saying that there is this like a worm it's, parasite? It's like a. Um, I'm not. It's trichomonas. It's trichomonas vagin- vaginalis, I think. That's a I don't have it in front of me, so I'm going based Thank off of God, memory. Because I don't, I don't <laughs> want to see that shit. I say I'm going based off of memory, so I could be wrong, but yeah, I think it's trichomonas vaginalis is is the that the parasite. Like a worm. So, <clears throat> but yeah, it's what um, does it do? it's not the the big three are chlamydia, gonorrhea, and syphilis out of those four. So it's it's not near as much, but but I mean it's it Did is. Did you just insult the worm? I, maybe. 
but it's not as it's not as common, but it is still um, out there, and it's still a reportable STI for sure. That's um, interestingly, though, HIV is not on the list. That is surprising. But that's because these are reportable to the government. I know at least here in Australia, HIV is reported to the Kirby Institute. Don't know about in the U.S. I'm not sure what is necessarily reportable there. But anyway, are you okay? Yeah, I'm, I'm okay. I'm listening. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. so the people at home can know I'm also looking up to the see if I can find an image of Trichomonas vaginalis. vaginalis. Oh, it's cute. <laughs> no, it is. It looks like little... Well, it looks like you could cut it up and put it in pasta for like a, for like a, yeah, it looks like a little scallop. All right, I need to come take a look at this here. Yeah, it's yeah. it's cute. And they make the giant microbes, the plush microbes. See? Look, at it oh, cute. Yeah. yeah. It almost looks like, well, that one picture anyway looks a bit empanada-ish. It, that's it. It looks like an empanada or a fruit pie. Yeah. Ooh, I could use me a fruit pie. <laughs> okay, so. All right, all right, all right. Back on my side of the table now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wow. So, yeah, you know. it might be cute, but you don't want it. No, no. I don't want that shit. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Please continue. I'm listening again. Uh, okay, so basically, as you've already alluded to, most uh, STIs are either bacterial or viral. Oh, sorry, so, spoiler alert. Yep, so bacterial ones, chlamydia, gonorrhea, syphilis are all examples of that. Viral, good examples are HIV, HSV, herpes simplex virus, and HPV, human papillomavirus. Oof. So... Uh, we'll get into a little more about all of these shortly, but basically bacterial ones can be treated with antibiotics, except for the new um, antibiotic-resistant strains of gonorrhea. You are just a world of <laughs> positive we'll news, aren't you? talk about. Uh, viral, the viruses can't necessarily, they're not curable, but they can be treated and managed, and it's, yeah, not that, not, not such a, a devastatingly bad thing anymore. Cool. So. All right, so you're making it a little better. <laughs> okay. Uh, you will Where be happy to know. Yeah. Um, will I? Well, let's let's first talk about because we were talked about. We mentioned that the rates of STI diagnoses is going up continually. Basically, yeah, so every is the world population. Right. Every year it's going up. So. Is uh, the percentage always the same? Are we going up linearly? I don't know that. Well, I'm disappointed, and so are the people at home, <laughs> aren't we? And, but I was going to say, in, in the question, the, another You're the question. scientist on this one. <laughs> like, I'm just a goofy guy. <laughs> another, you know, reason that, I mean, it could be as well, is that, um, the, you know, the notification rates are going up, but it could also be because some of them are reportable, so those they have to report, some of them they don't. So our rates. The dog's not happy either. I know. <laughs> But so that means that like ones that aren't necessarily reportable, you know, they are, we do have numbers around those, but I mean, how reliable is it? It could, they could be high, they could be low. We don't really know because okay. it's not required. Fair enough. Um, so there's, there's that. And there's also potentially more people are getting tested, at least yeah. in certain areas. I know there's been a lot of a big push and a big campaign, you know, to get tested, get tested regularly, especially certain populations here in Australia are yeah. being targeted, like the, the gay population has been targeted for HIV awareness. Any men who have sex um, with men. Men who have yeah. sex with men. And so it is one of those things that, you know, perhaps more people are getting tested. And so therefore, you're going to find more STIs the more you test. True. Okay. Essentially. I can accept that. Um, so, I mean, it's, so it's not really clear as to exactly, you know, are there actually more new STI infections or are we just, you know, testing them and, and finding them? Identifying them, I should say. So, I don't know. It could be both. It's better to protect yourself than not. Fair. Oh, I do agree <laughs> with that. 
but it's always kind of like, oof. Yeah, yeah. And also, you know, the other thing as well, and we've seen it, um, I know a lot here, is that especially amongst the gay population, a lot of people are on PrEP. Yes. Therefore, some stop using condoms. What the fuck is wrong with you which people? Which I don't really understand, but, you know, because condoms will help protect you against other STIs. And PrEP only does HIV. Right. Only. And That's it. so I know that there's, you know, some some kind of awareness campaigns targeting that, you know, that, you know, you should still use condoms even if you're on PrEP. Etc. Etc. So maybe that's part of it as well. If the numbers are actually increasing, maybe it's because people feel like they are quote unquote safer because they're on prep, and they are against HIV. But yeah. Oh. <laughs> yes, my two-handed drink. Just watching you drink. It's like going to church. <laughs> uh, you will also be happy to know. You're not going to be happy to know <laughs> that many STIs are asymptomatic, especially early on. Great. That's great. That's right. not great. So you That's may, the opposite of great. That's so, horrific. So you may not show symptoms. Uh, For how long? Um, it depends. Some of them, it can be a few weeks. Some uh, Somewhere in here, I forget, was it syphilis potentially? Somebody was up to 10 years? Oh, good. We'll find it in here. It's always good to spread it to everyone <laughs> you know before you actually have a symptom. Um, but if you, even if you're not, even if you're asymptomatic, science word, mm-hmm. you can still test positive for it, right? Yes. Okay. See, yes. that's why we get tested. And that's at why least you get. Quarterly. That's why you get tested. Yes. And as I say, we we get tested generally about quarterly, depending on how many partners you have and and you know how frequently you're having sex with people. That yes. may vary for you. It could be quarterly, six monthly, yearly. Just depends on what your relationships look like. Yes. Um, but with some regularity, it's it's good to get tested because even if you don't have symptoms, you can still have an STI. So, yeah. Uh, and and it's it's really important to know if you do not just for passing it on to other people, but for your own health, they can have a lot of really negative consequences. Um, you know, besides things like chronic pain, if you're pregnant, you could pass an STI along to your child. Many of them, um, probably most of them, I don't really know, but I would assume most what, of them. Most of the children or most of the STIs? STIs. <laughs> okay, just checking. Um, there could Some be. Some people would call children an STI. I would tend to agree. I'm not one of those people. <laughs> I am. I am. <laughs> but that's a disease that you have for like more than 18 years. Yeah, yeah. It's expensive to. Yep. Yeah. Um, but also, if you leave an STI untreated, it can also lead to infertility. So if you do want children down the road, that yeah, could be nice. a really big problem. Um, a lot of damage to different organs. So there's basically, you'll want to find out if you have something. That way you can manage it. You know, if it's a bacterial infection, you can likely take care of it. If it's viral, you at least want to be able to manage that and also reduce the risk of spreading to others. Um, so that's why it is really good to get tested get tested regularly, know your status, whatever it is. doesn't matter. Just Knowledge know what is it, power. Yeah, know what it is and deal with it. Yeah. Um, sure. Generally, STIs are more common in the younger population, but that is going up in the elderly population. The numbers are increasing there as well. So still more prominent amongst younger people, but just because you're older doesn't mean that you're immune and that you can't get an STI. That's right, because STIs are running rampant in yep. old folks' homes. Yep. Well... Also, the age group of 30 to 44 years, there are some STIs that are a lot higher in that age group than any others. Well, Which is yes. right where we are. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm quickly trying to get out of that age range. I'm working on it. I know, I know. Five more years, uh-huh, uh-huh. and I'll be STI... Free. Lower risk? Lower risk. That's right. I mean, I'm already STI free. But... Right. Yeah. Boy. Um, okay. All right. All right. 
Woo! So, that's that. It's page one down. <laughs> now page Um and, and, you know, so the other thing to keep in mind as well when we were talking about the reasons why STIs may be increasing as well is some a lot of people, because there is more of a push for people to get tested, that testing is more available than it used to be at one point in time. And so it might be easier for people to get tested, again, potentially increasing the numbers. So, anyway, just something I thought of right there. <laughs> anyway, food for thought. Uh, so, should we move on to specific STIs? Well, you know what? Because it's exciting. Let's, let's spoil ourselves. Let's start yeah. with a specific STI. <laughs> so, we'll start with chlamydia. Oh, good. Because The it, hardest STI is a spell. You think so? Can you spell it? <laughs> Chlamydia. C H L A Midia. M I D E A I A. C H L A M Y. Oh, yeah, that is a Y. D I A. Ah, damn it. Yeah. There is a Y in there. there why? <laughs> why? Why did I contract uh-huh. chlamydia? I didn't. No, no. Yeah. But so chlamydia is a bacterial infection. Okay. Bacteria is is good. That means you can kill it. Right. It's also largely asymptomatic for many people. Of course it is. So that's why you need to get tested. When I get it, what do I get? What what, Uh, what do we win? (laughs) uh, For males, it infects the prostate, the urethra, and the testes. And for women, the cervix, uterus, and the pelvis. Well, those are just bad things. I'm expecting it burns when I pee. I imagine. It doesn't burn when I pee. Right. But if I were to have chlamydia. Right. Yes. Okay. But yeah, so uh, chlamydia is the most common treatable STI. Oh, that's good. So it is common, but I mean, it is very treatable as well. Okay, that's uh, work. Uh, over a long period of time, but over the past 20 years, the rates of chlamydia have more than tripled. Jeez. So it's really, really gone up and it's a lot more prevalent. Uh, In Australia, there's around 380 to 385, depending on if you look at 2016, 2017, people that have, uh, were new diagnoses of chlamydia per 100,000 people. So for comparison, the U.S. was 528 per 100,000, and that equated to a total of 1.7 million cases in the U.S. in 2017. Holy jeez. That's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that is, yeah, definitely increasing highest risk for people that are 15 to 24 years old. It is more prevalent in women than men until age 30. Mm. Then it flips. Wonder why. Then it's more prevalent in men. Wonder why. My guess, my guess, Uh and this is purely speculation, but my guess would be that women once they hit 30 maybe have had or are having a child and might be less likely to have sex with multiple partners. Whereas the men folk don't don't do that. Potentially. I don't know. That's pure speculation. I don't know. Or maybe by the time you get to the age thirty you're a little bit older, maybe women are a little more careful about using condoms and That's, protection. I won't doubt that. That women get smarter <laughs> with age. Men, we just stay dumb. We dumb. Um yeah, I don't I don't know why that is necessarily, but Interesting. All it right. is. Um and yeah, and then approximately fifty percent of men and 80% of women diagnosed are asymptomatic. So that's why, I think that's why it's one of the reportable diseases, because otherwise you would have no idea. What? Why is that different, I wonder? 50% of men asymptomatic and 80% of yeah. women? I why don't are know. women more asymptomatic? Asymptom- a- don't know. Easy for me to say. Hmm. I don't know if it has anything to do with immune systems. If it's that maybe, I mean, is it one of those things that men don't get tested until they have a symptom? 
or is which could potentially be a while or is i don't know i mean is it is it is it actually a like a genetic gender difference or is it a behavioral gender difference that's interesting i don't know cool yeah i don't know but that's what they says what the data says i did read something not too long ago that said that women um when they're fertile Mm -hmm. are less their immune system isn't as strong yes i remember that though it was a podcast is what we were listening to another podcast and science of sex yeah it's right which is a good podcast check that one out uh, when you're done with this one. But, yeah, they were talking about because the women have these this foreign body called sperm that comes into them. Uh-huh. And they don't want their bodies to kill it. So they're, Yeah. So what was it? Was it IgA, immunoglobulin A? Was that the one? Maybe. That's also a grocery store. <laughs> I think it was, yeah. It, maybe it was super IgA. <laughs> but there, there was an immune, you're right, there was an immune response yeah. that was dampened when they were fertile. So that way, you know, they, they could accept the sperm and have a, an embryo implant potentially and whatever. It's fascinating. It is fascinating. I'd forgotten about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was on Science of Sex, I'm yes. pretty sure. Good podcast. Like yeah, it was Check good. It was really good. Tell them, tell them we sent you. <laughs> They don't know who we are, but that's okay. <laughs> well, if you tell them we sent you, they might learn who that's we true. are. That's true. <laughs> uh, so moving on to gonorrhea. Oh, good. Yeah. This is just... So gonorrhea is another bacterial infection. Yay! Curable. Yeah. Mostly. Oh. Except that there are some antibiotic resistant strains that are coming up. Oh, good. Super gonorrhea. So, yes. Sugo. Sugo. <laughs> Super gonorrhea. I don't think that's an actual term. Sugo. But... It could, hashtag Sugo. It'll right. trend. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it is generally treatable, except for, you know, those super strains, but it's okay. We're going to not worry about those So for are now. we separating diagnoses between gonorrhea of the genitalia and gonorrhea of the throat? So in the numbers, no, they, as well. they lump them all together um, in, the, in the numbers. But if you actually go through the reports that are on the websites, they do separate out the numbers um, that were gonorrhea of the throat versus genital and actually it's a relatively low number but still higher than i would have expected i didn't write it down so don't ask me what it is but what you is have it? we have to pull up the report i don't know let me get my computer no, because i still have it open on my computer well, of course you do <laughs> well i left the report open because because you like... wanted people at work to go what the hell is she looking at they wouldn't be surprised at my work probably not <laughs> um but yeah so gonorrhea is is bacterial generally easily treatable um that is also going up threefold since 1996 we've had a threefold increase uh there were 118 people per 100,000 here in australia new diagnoses in the u.s last year combined there were 555,000 so about a third as many as chlamydia 555,000 gonorrheas actually if i remember correctly it was 555,608 that's so close 555,608 gonorrheas i didn't write that down specifically but i'm pretty sure that's what it was well well done anyway um so yeah so it's it's not as prevalent as chlamydia but still it's a super high number i mean really yeah i think it's a super high number well yes it is quite the super high number and i also wonder how many of these people who tested positive for chlamydia are the same people who tested positive for gonorrhea because that's really bad luck that would be really bad luck i'm I'm not gonna say it's impossible but it'd be really bad luck yeah 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 use a condom um so so gonorrhea is more common in men 
and those who have been uh, sexually active in high-prevalence countries, and here in Australia, those of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander background. Um, and I thought it was interesting that on the um, World Health Organization's website, not falling into that trap again. I was just about to go, <laughs> who? On their website, they actually, they do break down the numbers by country, so you can look at it by country, which oh, is, I think yeah. is really fascinating. That's cool. Uh, and then on CDC and on the New South Wales, in the papers that they put out, you can look at it by region, you can look at it uh, by gender, by age grouping. They really break the data out in a lot of different ways, which I, th- I find it fascinating to look at, especially if you look at, like, in the U.S., the rates of uh, STI infections are highest in the southeast where they teach abstinence and not proper sex education uh, or at least they did when we were going through school i'm assuming it's probably not a lot different i'm but... it's not changed <laughs> yeah let me let me tell you abstinence does not work look even mary got pregnant and she was abstinent <laughs> so it abstinence how's that logic it doesn't work it doesn't work that's Just very saying. true that's very true okay cool. um so moving on with the gonorrhea as 75% of cases occur in people that are 15 to 34 years of age, so definitely much Ooh, higher risk if safe. you're younger. <laughs> <laughs> we're out of that range. And uh, in the, the younger age group, 15 to 19 years, women are more likely to be diagnosed than men. But after that, men are much more likely than what women. What was the age on the women's? 15 to 19. Again, it makes me wonder if that's because they're going into the doctors for other reasons. Are they going in specifically to get tested mm-hmm. for an STI, or are they going in for another reason and getting like tested? getting birth control or yeah, something? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Just curious. Yeah, that's a good question. I, I know. know. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of reasons we don't know what, yeah, where all yeah. this comes from. Yeah, we should science the shit out of this. Yeah, we should. We're probably not going to, are we? Probably not. <laughs> but if you're listening and you're a scientician. Mm-hmm. Do some science. Well, that would be more social science, wouldn't it be? You could get. It sounds like a PhD project if you're if 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 I'm as a as as the resident advisor mm-hmm. for PhD students here at this table on mm-hmm. this podcast, I would suggest that this is PhD project gold. I'm also pretty sure that somebody probably has, but they I may have started it. But get yeah. out there and get it done quick. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, syphilis. Move on to number three. Oh, good. I mean, this one sounds great. This is the one that makes parts of your body fall off. This is like s- sexually transmitted leprosy. <laughs> it's one way to look at it. <laughs> I'm, I'm not shaming. I'm just saying. Um, Ew. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a bacterial disease as well. It can cause sores on the genitals, cervix, and the mouth. And it can get your nose This is the off. one. I thought it was syphilis. I wasn't sure. But this is the one that can arise up to 10 years after the original infection. Mm. That's crazy. 10 What's years. What's it doing all that time? It's latent. It's it, just not... Is it like, like when a bacteria goes on holiday? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just hanging out, floating around. It's latent? Around. Is that science <laughs> words for lazy? Because <laughs> if so, I am latent. It's just hanging out. It just didn't want, yeah. doesn't want to do any work. It's playing the PlayStation. It's, yeah. a, latent, it's a latent bacteria. <laughs> it doesn't really want to like replicate or do anything, yeah. attack anything. Yeah, it's just and then lazy. It, it's like, you know what? I'm done with this shit. Let's, let's destroy this <laughs> Or <host>. now. <laughs> yeah, let's destroy this host. Um, he or she is not fucking nearly enough. <laughs> So if left untreated, it can cause serious irreversible damage to the brain, spinal cord, other organs, as you mentioned. Can you die from all STS? Like, could you die if from you left them untreated, or chlamydia? If you left them untreated, I don't see why not. Actually, yes, you can, because somewhere in one of the papers, they actually had how many deaths were attributed to the STIs. I mean, it was a very, very small number, because most people 
if they didn't treat it, might you know it makes you more susceptible to other infections. Yeah. So then you're more likely to die from something else. But there were a handful of deaths. I mean, not many. It really was, I think, like a handful of deaths attributed solely to the STIs. It left untreated. But I mean, I suspect not knowing, but there are probably people that didn't have access to health care and that kind of thing. Because it seems like at some point along the way, if you were really sick, you would get help. Because one of those things but. we gave the Native Americans was, was syphilis. And it killed them. Plus, We gave ep- them syphilis? I know we gave them smallpox. Because in the episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, where yeah. it's the musical, uh-huh. um, <laughs> Xander, who I can't come up with a better person to get syphilis, but Xander uh, got syphilis. Uh-huh. And, and then, um, well, actually in an earlier episode he gets syphilis. But then Anya sings, his penis got diseases from the Shumash tribe, which is a great... I mean, oh my God. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. I'm just saying. <laughs> Well, Most of my U.S. history comes from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, it's it's all right. Yeah, his penis got diseases from the Shumash tribe. <laughs> it's great. At least you're getting history from somewhere. I know that in the dollop. The we do dollop? we do get yes. a fair bit from the dollop. How many po- other podcasts are we going to plug in this? Episode? I don't know. Maybe we should do it, see how many we can do and see if we can get a record, start a record high on this one. Oh my God, um, okay, so great. syphilis is less common than uh, chlamydia or gonorrhea. The question I also have on that is that typically if you go to the doctor and you ask for an STI test here anyway, they will very often just do chlamydia and gonorrhea unless they have reason to suspect something else. So if you're you know, a man who has sex with men or whatever, if you have multiple partners, if you specifically ask for a full panel, they'll do a full panel. But if you just like, oh, I just want to do a quick checkup and just make sure, then they'll often just do chlamydia and gonorrhea, which means that things like syphilis could get missed. Um, and I know the numbers aren't as high, so... Well, I never thought I'd be happy to be a high-risk patient. <laughs> so, I mean, you can ask, you know, to have a full panel done. And I don't know what it's like in the U.S. I don't know if they typically just do the, the you know, two most common, or if they will always do a full panel. Um, but it's definitely something worth asking if you do go in for STI testing. Make sure that you do get as much tested as you possibly can. Um, and, you know, talk to your doctor about it and just tell them, like, look, you know, I mean, it's, I guess it depends on how honest you can be with your doctor. We're fortunate in that we are very open and honest with our doctor. We also go to a clinic here in Sydney where we can be very honest with them about our sexual practices. Yeah. I always like going to mine because he's cute. Yeah. And then, you know, he asks questions like, do you have sex with men and women? I'm like, yeah, I do. He's <laughs> like, how many in the last three months? And I'm like, excuse me, let me get out my calculator. <laughs> Start pulling out the little black book and yeah. flipping back. <laughs> I, don't, I don't actually do that. <laughs> um, okay, so syphilis is seven times more common in men aged between 40 and 44 years. 40 and 44 years. Yes. That is a very specific age It range. is. In that age group, there were 26 people per 100,000 here in Australia diagnosed. 40 and So it's very low years. rates compared to the other it two, is. but still. But I'm confused as to why, why that age range. Is that like what we get for our 40th? Oh, <laughs> happy 40th birthday. Here, have some syphilis. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But it is higher here in, well, I guess that was amongst that age group, though. Never mind. Because I was going to say, in the U.S., it was 9.5 per 100 people per 100,000 people. So 30,000 new diagnoses in 2017. Poor half a person. So, well, it's per 100,000. Oh, I guess so. You're yeah. meaning there'd be like, like, like if you had 200,000 people, people, 19 people yeah. and 200,000. Yeah. That makes more yeah. sense. But yeah, so um, syphilis is more common in men, as particularly men who have sex with men, and indigenous Australians in remote locations. So again, is that because of access to testing? Is it, I don't know. 
I still want to know why how these are tested. Is it is it people going in to be tested for STIs, or are they going in for something else and just happen to get tested? And then for they STIs? do like a full panel yeah. of whatever. Or they're showing and, something like I'm mm-hmm. sick, I don't feel good. It burns when I pee. Yeah. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I don't know. I don't know how most of the, the diagnoses come. I'm sure probably somewhere in all the data they dig through the lo- I mean, I know they had locations of where the data was collected, but they may say specifically clinics, GPs, hospitals. It probably is in there. I didn't dig that far because I didn't anticipate that question. Yeah, sorry. Next time, when we do STI number three in like a year or two, I'll. It is interesting looking at the listening to these numbers. Like, so basically, if you're a human being that has sex with multiple human beings, Mm -hmm. you have a better chance of getting an STI. Heck, I think you have a better chance of getting two STIs than you do winning the lottery. Probably. Think about that, swingers. Probably tested. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, because like you, a broken record. Well, because you protect not only yourself and your partner and your partner's partners, but you protect the whole community. And and it's, I mean, ultimately, it just spills out and out. And then you and become out, a pillar of the community, and you become a superhero because all pillars of the communities are superheroes. There, you get to wear a I cape and everything. Yeah. <laughs> Spider Man doesn't have a cape. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Neither did Black Panther. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Punisher. Mm-hmm. Anti-hero, but he's still a hero. Right. Just saying. <laughs> All right, so moving on to the one that we heard all about growing up. The bad AIDS. The bad AIDS. HIV. So HIV is a virus, a human human immunodeficiency virus. Um, It is quite manageable now with uh, retroviral drugs. And so it's actually... Because now isn't it true if you're non-detectable, you're non-transmissible? Right. Which is, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, it is very much manageable um, these days. Of course, growing up, it was the big bad. It was, you know, if you it's have... It's why our generation is terrified of sex. Yeah, if you have sex, you're going to get HIV. You're going to die. Yeah. That was, it, it yeah. was like, wait, 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 wait. No, no, if you have sex, you're going to get pregnant. You're going to get HIV and you're going to die. Yeah, exactly. Those, <laughs> that's like the worst trifecta ever. <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's what we grew up with. Um, you know, if left untreated, it is very bad, but that's, but there are a lot of treatments out there. It's, it's really easy to keep it. I say really easy. It's, it's, it can be it's managed and, and kept under control. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, the antiretroviral drugs, they're not a cure, but it keeps, um, it slows the progression to AIDS and many people will never actually develop AIDS from what I 
read. Nice. Um, That's nice. That's yeah. good. I like that. Um, but men aged 30 to 34 years have the highest new HIV rate at 18 per 100,000. Women are also more likely to be diagnosed in that same age group than any other age group, but it's one-fifth the rate of men. Wow. So men are a lot more likely to be diagnosed with HIV than women are. And I think that's, I know here, at least in Australia, there's been a big push um, to eradicate, you know, new um, diagnoses of HIV, transmission of HIV. They've been targeting the gay population for that. It has drastically reduced, which is great. The problem is that heterosexuals make up now make up 25% of new diagnoses because they're not getting the word. They're not they're understanding. Not they're not testing. Yeah. They're not realizing that they're still at risk as much anyway. Um, and so I think it's still, as as a virus goes, there's still a stigma of it's, it's a gay man's yeah. disease. Well, it's interesting because I remember growing up. I mean, it was the, quote, gay plague. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it was very much the... There was that conservative side that was very much, let's just let it play out. It's mm-hmm. a it's a gay man's disease that will take care of a, quote, problem. Uh, yeah. And it is interesting to look at that and see that that mentality is still sort of, it is purely a gay man's disease. Yeah. Uh, and it's really depressing to see that now 25% of new cases are heterosexual. Right. Um, and, and that was here in Australia, so. I'm going to assume it's probably similar in the U.S. and worldwide, but I don't have that specifically. It seems but, like everybody should get tested, no yeah. matter who you have sex with, but yeah. whatever. Yeah, because when you look at you know the, the heterosexuals being 25% of the new diagnoses, that's not just heterosexual men. That's women, right. too. Yeah. And I think that's a, I'm, I'm not going to say a forgotten population, but it's definitely one that's not targeted to say, hey, you know, be careful, because besides all the other STIs, there's also this. Like, you you need to be aware of everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Jeez. Yep. Uh, so now this is a fun one. Good. Is this the the worm one? The was this the empanada? No, oh. no. Um, herpes. Oh yeah. Herpes. So HSV one and two, herpes simplex virus one and two. There's two different. Um, well, there's actually more, but two most common strains of herpes. Yes. Um, there's HSV one is what you'll typically know causes cold cold a bed that I can't even say it cold sores. Okay. On your mouth. Yep. And HSV2 typically causes uh, sores on the genitals. Right. But not always. Of course. <laughs> so HSV1, if you um, pass HSV1 to someone else and they become infected, it can cause uh, genital herpes for them, genital sores for them. Well, that's unfortunate. Yeah. And you can also have cold sores that are caused by HSV2. Much less common, vice versa. It's much more common for cold sores to be HSV-1 and uh, genital sores to be HSV-2. Gotta be honest, I really don't like the sequel but... to HSV-1. Um, <laughs> I thought they should have just left it as a standalone. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, so, right, so, but they're very they're very closely related. But can you have it and not have cold sores? Yes, you can. Never ever have cold sores. Uh, you. Because I had a partner who had HSV-1 and and we kissed occasionally. And so, but I've never had a cold sore. Right. And you've also never tested positive for it. That's right. That's right. I forgot right. about that. So that's you didn't get important. it. But that's, how's that even possible? But, but that's like saying that every time you have sex, you're going to get pregnant. No, I know that. But So just because you kissed and just because you had sex, but, you didn't get it. 
but we did have sex and kiss a lot mm-hmm. over a period of years. So either you were not exposed to viral particles, maybe your body defended them before they could take hold. I'm immune. I wouldn't go that far. I'm invincible. <laughs> I'm kidding. Wouldn't I'm go joking. that far. <laughs> um, my fucking cape. But yeah, I mean, just, it, you know, it is, you are more likely to... Uh, um, contract HSV when someone is in a period of viral shedding, which is typically when they have the like source. Um, <laughs> viral shedding. There is yes. nothing positive about that. I don't want my viruses to shed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I prefer them to have matted hair and look like... Right. Sorry. Viral no. shedding, that is not a pretty phrase. It's not a pretty phrase, but that's typically... you know, when, that's you, when have, you have an outbreak, though, When right? you have an outbreak and you have active sores. So when you start to feel the first tingle of a cold sore... Until you get new skin healed up over it, wow. um, that's when you're. That's the the biggest period of viral shedding is is during that time. So that's when the virus is replicating. It's trying to go out and spread its virusness, viralness, whatever. Spread its little virus wings. <laughs> yeah. Go forth, little virus, and multiply. Um, don't don't. No, but yeah, just because you do kiss someone that has HSV, one or two. Just because you have sex with someone that does doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get it. It does mean you have a much higher chance of of contracting it, but it doesn't mean that you're going to. Um, however, there was one number that I saw that um, approximately seventy five percent of I think it was infections in Australia were HSV one. Okay. And it is more common in women than men. And it's considered one of the more common STIs. It's expected that one in eight people carry the virus. So okay. it's not that high. Okay. But it's still pretty significant. I mean, one in eight people look around. That's a lot. Yeah. It is a lot. Over time will go away? Or once you have no, it, you No, once you have it, it, you always have it. Interesting. Um, but again, so for many people, it's not It's not like you have constant outbreaks. Right, yeah. And they're, they're intermittent and they're manageable. For people who do have more frequent outbreaks or who just say, this doesn't work for my lifestyle or whatever, you can take... Uh, antivirals and you know keep that it's basically what do they call it suppression therapy yes where they keep it you know keep the viral load suppressed and keep it weakened and that way you know you don't get the outbreaks especially like Valtrex yeah that's the other thing is that it can be latent or asymptomatic for a long time as well so a lot of people you know may test positive at some point for it or may have a cold sore They've never had a cold sore before, and if you're married and monogamous, they may say, oh, well, you cheated on me, but actually you could have had it for a very long time before and didn't actually know about it. Interesting. That's right. fascinating. But that's, again, get tested. Yeah. So. And it's interesting, too, because, you know, I've we've played with people mm-hmm. who have tested positive for both HSV-1 and HSV-2, and we've also heard podcasts where they there's a lot of shaming, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that that's due to ignorance. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I think there's a lot of people out there who refuse to, they like to stay in that perpetual state of ignorance. Right. So rather than educate themselves, uh, they just shame and and mock. Uh, And that's really a bummer. Yeah, it is. But um, like I said, we've been in play situations with people who have HSV-1 or HSV-2, and you just take, you take, appropriate precautions and uh if there's an i know like one of our partners recently had a cold sore and so she was just like you know no kissing no whatever and she was just like i'm just gonna watch and that's okay but you take appropriate measures depending but it's not 
yeah, like you said, there is a lot of stigmatization and I mean, with a lot of STIs, but particularly with, with herpes, there is a lot of stigma. It is one of those things that uh, educate yourself, folks. Get yourself yeah. tested and educate yourself. And we know couples where one person may be positive for HSV and the other one's negative. Yeah. So just because you have it again doesn't mean you're going to pass it on to your partner. Like exactly. Like you were talking about with your previous partner. Yeah. I'm Jace. I'm Emily. And I'm Dedeker. And with our powers combined, we, we are, are the, the multi Podcast. Podcast. If you're happy with the same old ways of dating, if you enjoy sucking at communication, and you have no desire to improve your romantic life, then our podcast might not be for you. But... If you want some out-of-the-box ideas to deepen your current relationships, broaden your sexual horizons, develop a better understanding of yourself, or learn more about non-monogamy, then come check out the Multi-Amory Podcast on the Swingset Network at swingset.fm, the Swingset FM Android app, or at multiamory.com. Um, okay. So we have Hepatitis B. Oh, good. It's the my least favorite trilogy. <laughs> a, B, C. Hep A, Hep B, <laughs> Hep C. Uh-huh. Yep. Do you know the differences between them all? Um, one has an A, one has a B. Um, one did better at school than the <laughs> other. <laughs> one, just average. Um, one you get from poo. That's the one that they keep recalling the... Romaine lettuce for? Uh, hepatitis A is spread in food and water and can be spread through feces, which is like why when we went yeah. to South America, oh, that's right. we had to get hepatitis that's A vaccines. Right. We did. That's right. And it was also suggested if you do a lot of rimming that you also get hepatitis A vaccine. Which is why I got my hepatitis mm-hmm. A vaccine because mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. <laughs> uh, Hepatitis B is considered to be STI. The, the STI right? yes, yes, because it spreads through blood and bodily fluids. Okay. And hep um, C is the one you get at the hospital. You get well, it at the hospital? Well, that's isn't that the one that why we wear all the PPE at the hospital? Well, I mean, so that and he- other things. Hepatitis C is only spread by blood. Okay. And it is a chronic infection, so it's not one that you're going to be able to clear. Okay. Um, I mean, I guess they're all viruses, but um, but yeah, so Hep B, though, so I'm pretty sure, I know I have, you've probably had a vaccine for it, because working in laboratories, yes. a lot of people um, that work in laboratories and do work with blood will have uh, vaccinations for hepatitis B. Yes. So I know that we've had A and B. C, there's no vaccine for, so... Come on, science. It's got to be safe. Work hard. <laughs> yeah, but Hep C isn't a STI. Right. It's not. Okay. No. No, because it is only spread by blood. Okay. Right. Um, so, yeah, hepatitis B, the incidence, it's not um, reportable, so the numbers are kind of not 100%, um, but the notification rates did fall since 1996 here in Australia pretty significantly about by half and so now we're down to 25 notifications per hundred thousand people and that is largely attributed to a vaccination program for children (laughs) look we all know jenny mccarthy tells us that vaccines do not work Oh, uh-huh. if you're an anti-vaxxer, just stop listening right now. Yeah. We don't need you. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's a big uh, childhood vaccination program here in Australia over the last little while, and that has greatly reduced the risk um, in the numbers of transmission. Uh, which is fantastic. Disease. Yeah. I mean, because yeah, let's, let's be realistic. Vaccines are what we like to call science. <laughs> 
And if you don't believe in that vaccines work and you don't believe in climate change, you just might be president of the United States. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> just saying. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Vaccines yeah. work. Yeah, they Get do. vaccinated. Get your children vaccinated. So here I love the, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. The, you showed me this today. The CDC reported the, um, the, the side effects side effects of vaccination, uh-huh. which were old age, gray hair, and loss of teeth. <laughs> like, this is fucking genius. This comes from the same group that has a zombie preparedness, mm-hmm. uh, zombie apocalypse preparedness pamphlet. I love it. Uh, yeah. I, I love whoever's doing marketing for the CDC right now. Keep doing, you're doing the Lord's Admittedly, work. that was a headline. I didn't actually read it to see if it was true, but I like it either way. It's fine either way. Yeah, look. It sounds yeah. like something. Somebody's got a sense of humor, do. and it's great. It's I love great. it. All right, sorry. Please continue. Uh, so, yeah, hepatitis B in Australia, the rates are highest in rural indigenous populations and immigrants arriving from countries where it's endemic. It's very common in Asia and Africa. Hmm. Um, well, so, that makes sense. Yeah. I think. So that's why, um, yeah, it's, it's much more common in those populations and immigrants coming from those areas. Yep. You happy with that? Done with that? I'm not thrilled about it, but, you know, I'm satisfied to have enough information to terrify me. Okay. Please continue. What do we have next? Uh, We have HPV, human papillomavirus. Oh, good. This is the one I know about. Of all of these, I know probably the most about this one. What do you know about it? We all have it, or everybody has had it, or most likely, statistically, you have had it and you, I don't want to say passed it because it's not like a... Up like to up to eighty percent of the population will have HPV at some point in yes. their life, both men and women. Yes, it's a lot what, of people think it's only women get it, but it's yeah. not. Everybody gets it. But some cause cervical cancer. Yeah, and then some of them cause genital warts. Mm-hmm. Do you know how many strains of HPV there are? Five hundred twenty-five thousand <laughs> six hundred strains. That's a bunch. I'm mm-hmm. gonna say. Do you have an exact number over there? I don't have an exact number. Oh. Well, I, I can I guess any a, number, and I'm right. I have a... <laughs> ballpark? A ballpark. More than 80? Yes. More than 100? Mm-hmm. More than 200? No, I don't well, have that. I just have more than 100. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, 200 is more than 100. That's, that's true. <laughs> It's so my first guess of 500. Pretty sure if it was that close, they would have gone up a few <laughs> steps. Fair enough. Um, um, so 13 of those strains are known to cause cancer. Wow. Two of them are the, the primary causes of cervical cancer. Jeez. Okay. So out of the 100 strains, 13 are bad, two are super bad. So. How many of those cause genital warts? I don't know. Oh. Not sure. What, so what do the other ones do? I mean, are they bad? They, I'm going to assume that most of them can cause genital warts. Okay. Um, but the thing with HPV, like you said, is that while more than 80% of the population will have HPV, a, a strain of HPV at some point in their life, most of us will clear it within a year or two. And so why do we clear some viruses but not others? Or do I need a doctor? You probably need a doctor. Okay. Immune response. I don't know. <laughs> if you're a doctor is, I don't and know. can explain to me why some viruses we can get rid of and some viruses we can't. Please send an email, because I would like to understand that, and I don't really feel like going to WebMD, because the last time I went to WebMD, I found out that I had menopause. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But you cleared that, too. I did. It was amazing. (laughs) I'm going to assume it has something to do with the viral structure, but I don't know. Um, but yeah, so most most people will clear the HPV without any issues. Many people don't even know they have it, 
or have had it. Um, so the vaccinations don't cover all of HPVs, though, right? No, they don't. It's like, aren't they up to like 13 different HPVs they, that they can they vaccinate cover, against? They cover some of the strains and, and the ones that are more common to cause cancer. Um, That's good. And that is the other thing, that there is a vaccination for HPV. When we were in our 20s is when that came out, and they were only giving it to teenagers. And they basically that. said that you can only have it... Or it's only effective if you get the vaccine before you have sex, which is why I think they give it to people, kids who are like 12 now or something oh, like that. that makes sense. Because basically then they were like, yeah, but by the time you hit 20-something, you've probably had HPV and cleared it. And so then you prob- you have a greater immune response against other strains later. Yeah, but still. I know. And it so, doesn't hurt anything, right? If you Right. But it wasn't cleared for people over a certain age. Only recently, like in the past few months, have they actually increased the age at which to which you can get the vaccine to 35. So you're still outside the window. I'm still window. outside the but window. you could go to the doctor and pay for it, though, right? Because I know you can do that so in the States. So last time I went, this past year, when I went for my... Um, my pap exam and all of that stuff, I asked them about it and they were basically, you know, oh, you've probably had it at some point, blah, 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 whatever. And out, and at that, this, this was right before they increased it to 35. And so it was just before that. And they were basically like, it's not going to do any good. And so I asked several times and they were basically like, no, 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 no. Now, when I go this next year, I'm going to push a hell of a lot harder. And if I don't get it there, I'll go to the GP and ask for it. But because I do think that I'm willing to pay for it yeah. if they're willing to give it to me. Exactly. Um, but I didn't think that I could get it. But now I'm like, really, if you're a sexually active adult, especially if you're 35 community. or if you're 39, really, does it make that big of a difference? Yeah, exactly. So, um, like I said, this next year when I go, I will push a lot harder for it and see I don't if I can be get negative, it. But, but you'll be 40 by then. <laughs> I will be, and we'll have had my party. That's right. That's right. Um, yeah, so, but but there is a vaccine for it, so if you have children, get them vaccinated. If you're within that window up to 35, ask your doctor about getting the vaccine if you've not had it before. Um, I don't think it, I mean, Can I get yeah. vaccinated? Or is it only yeah. for ladies? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Um, so, yep, we've already talked about genital warts. Don't know how many strains cause it. I'm going to guess most of them probably can. And again, this is not notifiable disease, so the number of true infections is unknown. Another page done. Oh my God. <laughs> but now we're down to the very end. Oh, thank God. Yeah. No more sexually so transmitted we'll, diseases. We're at, no, I- no. Infections. We're at trichomonas. Oh, good. The little, little empanadas. Yeah. <laughs> Um, they are the cutest of the STIs. Yes, but it is more likely to occur in remote and regional northern Australia, and it's also more likely to be diagnosed in indigenous women. Why that is, not entirely sure. Does that mean that, that you know, people here, there's not as many infections in more populated areas, so therefore it's not spreading as much? I don't know. Um, and I don't know, yeah, there's a lot of reasons that could be, but we're not going to pontificate on that. Unless you really want to. No. No. I, yeah. um, so also, they do not consider thrush, hepatitis C, and bacterial vaginosis. Those are not considered to be STIs. I wouldn't consider those STIs either. No. Nor like UTIs. Right. But because you can get those from bad panties. Right. Yeah, an overgrowth of, of fungus and bacteria and that kind of thing. Yeah. If you don't have breathable underwear. Yeah. That's why breathable underwear is important. Cotton panties. Still At least like cotton the word overgrowth. <laughs> Overgrowth. <laughs> when it comes to vaginas. Well, because we have bacteria in... I understand that, and I don't mind there. that. 
I yeah. mean, I find them delicious. <laughs> but anytime something has an overgrowth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So um, an interesting thing that I saw on, I think this was potentially Australia's website, the New South Wales Health one, in that paper. But they were talking about STIs and traveling abroad. Uh, basically, foreign travel, so this is what it says from the paper. Foreign travel is in many ways related to the spread of disease. Yes, true. (laughs) Uh, When traveling abroad, people may feel less inhibited because of a perceived relaxation of social and moral constraints, leading to changing and potentially unsafe sexual behaviors and resultant exposure to STIs. So basically, when people are traveling abroad, reduced inhibitions, they don't care as much, they're less likely to use condoms, more likely to spread STIs. So basically, even if you're traveling, follow the same practices as you would if you're at home. Basically, that's the moral of it. Yeah, that is because there are different there are different rates in different places. Like we talked about with hepatitis, you know, it's endemic in some areas and not others. Yeah, and so it, you're, yeah. it is going to be easier to I contract. Find that remarkably dumb. It it's yeah. funny. It's sort of funny. I mean, but it's dumb. It's it's sad, is what it is. Yeah, is that people you know are are not going to necessarily use as much protection as they would if, if they're at home. Yeah. Or maybe they're more likely to have sex outside of their relationship than they would oh, at home. Yeah, yeah. That could be as well. And if you're, it's not something you normally do, you may not be prepared or excuses, excuses, whatever. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, so next time uh-huh. we travel abroad, uh-huh. take a condom. Yeah, exactly. Get tested exactly. when you get home. Yeah. But, and that's the thing too, is, you know, when you get tested, of course, they ask how many partners have you had in the past, you know, three months, six months, whatever it's been. And if you do test positive for something, go back and listen to episode 22 if you want to hear. I tested positive for something. Which ended up being a false positive, but yeah. Hey, false positive is still positive. But but the thing is, though, that while we thought that you were positive, before we found out it was a false positive, we'd already contacted several partners. Yes. And so it is important, if you do find out that you have an STI, to to notify the people that you've been with, um, anybody you may potentially have spread it to. If you cannot do it yourself because of different reasons, I mean, maybe you're no longer talking to the person, maybe you had a bad relationship, whatever it may be, there are notification services that will do that for you. Yes. Uh, many of them will send a text or an email. Uh, I've written a few of them down here. There's better to, bettertoknow.org, letthemknow.org, stdcheck.com, uh, thedramadownunder.info. Like that one. <laughs> ending, I like that one a lot. I know. <laughs> endinghiv.org.au, checkhimout.ca, which would be Canada, right? Yeah. Uh, don't spread it.com. So there's a lot of different ways that you can, a lot of these sites that you can go to that can let people know if you don't want to actually call them text them, talk to them, whatever. But whatever the method is, if you are have tested positive for something, please let your previous partners know so they can get tested and they can have their partners tested. And it's that whole snowball effect of making sure that everybody's as, as safe as we can be. Responsibility. Yes. Oof. Yeah. So there's a lot of information. I know it's a lot of numbers and it's a lot of bad stuff but it's still better to know and better to have the information i know knowledge is power and yeah, i've yeah. been very cynical and sarcastic and i i mean that's your usual state that is my but... usual state <laughs> um and i'm not going to apologize for it however i do agree that it's important to know this information and it's important to know yourself and your body and yeah. and to be ready to 
you know, the the more healthy you are, the more you can play, I think. Well, and I think it's also good to know what the risk is so that then you can assess right. how you want to play. Yes. And that'll be the upcoming bit is, is you know, looking at what the risk is and then what measures do you want to take to protect yourself and how much risk is acceptable risk. Yeah. And, yeah. I think one thing that, for me, a takeaway that I would want people who listen to this to take away is that there is no shame in STIs. No. It's not like you're not guilty of anything. I mean, you may have made a bad decision and, and perhaps played without a condom, but condoms aren't 100%. They're not 100%. Uh, and so, you know, nothing is 100% except for abstinence. Mm-hmm. And we all know how abstinence worked for one very famous lady. You anyway, may have mentioned her earlier. I may have mentioned her earlier. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it is one of those things that, you know, it, we should be very cognizant and cautious to not shame people for right. for having an STI because the more we the more of a stigma we put on it, the less likely people are going to be to go out and get tested and then to talk about it. Uh, yeah, I don't see as I don't see there is any shame or, or stigma no. to either being diagnosed or, or living with a, an STI. No, it's about knowing your the risk and knowing and trying to help people make. Informed decisions. Right. Yeah. And again, for us, having an STI does not prevent us from playing with people. No. Uh, it just changes what that play might look like. Yes. It may it may change how we play with people, but it doesn't yes. mean that we're not going to. And so. I will say, things like chlamydia, gonorrhea, things stuff like stuff like that, mm-hmm. we will. We're all about waiting. Mm-hmm. You know, it does. That just means okay. Well, we wait a week until. Sure. Uh, until the antibiotics. Of course, the antibiotics is yeah. done. And yeah. uh, but things, you know, like H- HSV-1 mm-hmm. or HSV-2, that doesn't prevent us from playing with people. No. Uh, and I don't think it should prevent people from playing with other people. No. Again, it's just about being informed and, and deciding what that yeah. play should look like and also evaluating what your acceptable level of risk is. So, because, yeah. we, like I said, we have heard people shame. Yes. It happens a lot. It does happen And it a lot. shouldn't. And it shouldn't. Uh, no. Because that shaming, I think, comes from ignorance. Yeah. And absolutely. occasionally stupidity. And remember, <laughs> the difference between ignorance and stupidity. Ignorance is not knowing. Stupidity is knowing and not caring. Um, and still being obnoxious. So. <laughs> yep. Neither of those are sexually transmitted. Thank goodness. <laughs> no, they're genetic. <laughs> well, that might be worse. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, any other wise thoughts on on the STI discussion? No, I think I've done enough talking. Well, you've talked a lot. <laughs> I'm impressed. So, mm-hmm. uh, we will link to all of these services where we talk about yes. um, how to tell partners. The notification services. In, in, that'll be in the show notes here. Um, there, you know, look around to, for places you can get tested. Your GP can test. If you're not comfortable talking to your GP, go to your public health services. Mm-hmm. Uh, they will do it as well. You can, this is, I never thought I would say this. If you're lucky enough to be a, a man that plays with men, I would, I thought I would say that. But you have a benefit. You are better than others in that mm-hmm. most places will test you for free. Yeah. Uh, because you are, as the numbers have shown, at the greatest risk. Mm-hmm. So uh, for me, as a as a man who plays with men, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I go and it's 
it's government subsidized. So it's right. all funded. It's completely free for me. It's mm-hmm. completely free for anybody, I think, here in Australia. But in the U.S. It's easier for you. It yeah. was easier to get tested for free mm-hmm. because I was uh, at greater risk. Right. So go get tested. Mm-hmm. Search out local uh, places to get tested. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have questions, comments, concerns uh, about this podcast subject matter, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. Yep. Like we said before, we're not doctors. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're pretty experienced with, with being tested. So if you mm-hmm. are curious as to what that looks like, don't don't hesitate to reach out to us. Yeah. Um, the atoms of love at gmail.com or on any of our social medias, Instagram, on Twitter and on Facebook at by the by podcast mm-hmm. find us on patreon www.patreon.com slash by the by podcast uh yeah and also join us next week where we will be talking to cooper s beckett yes about, from life on the swing set yes from life on the swing set so we talked to him about how to have safer sex and what kinds of measures can be taken and um, that type of thing so we just kind of uh pontificate a bit with him on mitigating risk yes that's basically yes. what uh, next week's podcast will be about. So, spoiler alert. I know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, thank you very much, and uh, we'll talk at you guys soon. Yes, thank you. Hi, this is Jace, co-host of the Multi-Amory Podcast. We offer new ideas and advice for multiple forms of love, everything from conscious monogamy to ethical polyamory and radical relationship anarchy. And you're listening to a Swingset Network podcast. Find us and much more at swingset.fm. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 